Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Hello, welcome to Surveyor Says, the NSPS podcast series. I'm your host today, Kurt Sumner, as I'm always happy to do this kind of thing uh, because it allows me to get to know a lot of new people, but it also gives me the opportunity to talk to people that I've known and liked and respected for a really long time. And today's guest happens to fall into that category. Mark Husick is with us today. Some of you will perhaps recognize his name as his position as executive director for the New Jersey Society of Professional Land Surveyors. Others may recognize his name from other uh, situations, perhaps. But I wanted to talk with Mark because one of the things I've noticed over the years as I've done my job at NSPS as a leader and then as a executive director is just how active and engaged and uh, progressive thinking, really, are the people who are the executives for the state societies. Um, people, I don't think people grasp that all the time, just how much work the executives do and how innovative they are in a lot of cases, and certainly um, people who really care about the people they're working for, just as we do at NSPS, and Mark certainly fits that category. But I suspect, Mark, when you were a kid around kicking the kickball or the football or going through school or into college or even in your early career, being the executive for a surveying society probably wasn't too much on your mind. Is that a good supposition? Uh, you are absolutely correct, Kurt. That, if someone had said that to me when I was a uh, youngster, uh, in my formative years, I would have said, what does that mean? What are you talking about? Uh, uh, but they didn't do that. I started, uh, I met my wife in college. Uh, we were both going to school to be teachers. Uh, at the time, I, we both graduated the same year. We got married shortly thereafter. Uh, she was uh, very able to uh, get a job, a uh, teaching job. And I couldn't find anything. Uh, I was a science uh, and science and history major, and uh, there were no openings in any of the schools around me. So I went back to school uh, for a year and got my master's in education, uh, actually environmental education. And then I was lucky enough to find a teaching job shortly thereafter. Uh, and I taught for 11, 11 years. And then I was offered an opportunity uh, uh, to do some other things. And at the time they were looking to figure out how to get rid of teachers, there was a glut of us. So they said, if you wanna take a leave of absence for a year, and I said, that'd be great. And I, I tried something else, uh, I liked it. Uh, next year they said, well, you can extend your leave. And I did that for three years. And finally, after three years, they said, 
<clears throat> you need to make a decision. Is that what you want to do? Or, uh, and I said, yeah, I think I'm going to leave. And uh, I had started my own consulting business. And we were doing some uh, capital campaigns, uh, fundraising. We got very involved with the New Jersey Republican Party. Uh, uh, and, and this is uh, this is a long time ago. I'm, uh, uh, I'm an old guy. And I ultimately became the finance director for the, the state party. I enjoyed that. Had an opportunity to meet a lot of interesting people. And... Uh, uh, went on to do some other things. And then I had an opportunity. Uh, someone said, would you be interested in helping uh, 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 President Bush? This is 41, not 43, with the Points of Light Foundation. And I said, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. So I spent a year and a half and ultimately incorporated and wrote the first draft of the Points of Light. I uh, had an opportunity on numerous occasions to meet with the president. and. I was told that, Mark, your job, your next job is to tell the president of the United States that we can't do what he wants to do. So I said, well, that's going to be a lot of fun. So we, uh, we went into the meeting, uh, and I explained to him as, as, uh, in as kind a way as I could that all of the not-for-profits in the country, the major not-for-profits, uh, Habitat and so forth, don't want to merge together and have one big database and have uh, uh, Washington telling them things to do and offering them money. And he ultimately said, well, what do they want? And I said, well, what we're thinking is it's going to be real simple. It's going to be the Points of Light Foundation. And what you're going to do as president is on a, a, a monthly basis, weekly basis, however you want to have it happen, you'll announce somebody who is a point of light. So in other words, you're using the bully pul uh, pulpit to put uh, a spotlight on the good things that these people are doing. Big grin comes on his face and he says, you guys have it right. That's perfect. And, and the Points of Life Foundation is still going today. And the president's announced periodically a point of light. So uh, got out of that and continued with my uh, fundraising capital campaigns, did a capital campaign for a performing arts center and we raised, I think, $160 million. And it, it is a phenomenal uh, 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 facility in Newark, New Jersey. And then someone comes along to me and asked me the question, Kurt, that you alluded to. They said, how would you like to be the uh, director of the New Jersey, blah, 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 blah. And I said, what are you talking about? And they said, well, it's stuff that you do. It's the membership, it's, it's conferences, it's, uh, uh, brochures and so forth. I said, well, that could be interesting. So uh, uh, I did that. I have an associate, uh, Rona, uh, who was my partner in that. And we took that one on. And then we took another group on in New Jersey, the uh, electrical contractors. Then we took another group on a number of years later in Maryland Society of Surveyors. And we're running all three of these and had a few other people working with us. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then as I started, I'm starting to get to be an older guy. And I said, you know, I want to start slowing down. So we told our friends in Maryland who we had a great relationship with that uh, uh, we need to start looking for some folks to take over. And they said, can we pay you more money? I said, it's not about money. It's about moving on and doing other things. So we now manage New Jersey group. We've been doing it for, I think, 32 years. Uh, uh, 
and we're going to keep doing it for the foreseeable future and see where that goes. So that's my background, Kurt. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, how when we began to take on something, I don't think we necessarily go into it thinking about, okay, this is what I'm going to do for a long period of time. We we look at the challenge and we think it's really, really neat thing to do and we get in, involved in it at whatever level, in your case, as the executive for the society. And, and for me, outside of when I was running my company, getting involved with, with NSPS, you never, ever think about how long that's going to last. And I don't, in my case, probably enough from yours too, I also didn't really grasp how much fun it was going to be uh, and how much I was really going to enjoy it because of all the people you get to meet and, and uh, travel around different places and just get to know the people themselves. And in my case, people that are in the same profession I've always been in. So um, it's, it is interesting how that occurs to us. And then we've, like you said, we've looked back and now it's been 20, 30 years, whatever the number is. And uh, at, I, we get older. I'm not sure I feel tired necessarily uh, at, at your age and mine are fairly close together, I think. And, um, but at the same time, you realize that, that everything comes to an end sooner or later. So, you, you know, you will start looking at other things as time goes along. But uh, certainly from the perspective of our office here at NSPS and relationship with all of our state societies, I, uh, I very much appreciate all the things that you guys in New Jersey have done to, to make sure we're included in what you're doing. You, you ask us to come to the conferences and be involved with getting to know the people more. And, and I, I won't say that's a rarity, but, but certainly it's an important element in our partnership, in our state national partnership for the surveying profession. Um, and, and I think that's a good thing. We, we had that opportunity to, to share a lot of different things. And speaking of sharing, um, as you know, NSPS for quite some time has had its certified survey technician program, and it's been successful very much so all across the country. Um, you guys have, have taken that almost to another level, it seems to me, the way you've handled it through your conferences and even outside your conferences and getting so many people involved. Well, we, we uh, Maryland, when I was working with Maryland, they had a lot of CSTs and we weren't doing that much with New Jersey. Uh, uh, and I thought, well, that's a missing, we're missing the boat uh, in New Jersey. So we started talking about it. We, we invited you a number of times to come in and talk about it. And we thought, we saw how other states were doing that. And we thought, well, one of the interesting things, we have a conference that gets eight, 900 people, and but we don't get a lot of uh, unlicensed people. Uh, so we decided to create a technician track and we call it Technician's Day. And we linked that with the CST and they, come, uh, they would come in on uh, the Thursday of the conference and we would have a whole bunch of our members teaching different levels, different tracks, and so forth. Uh, and then on Friday, we would test. And I believe two years ago, obviously we didn't have a conference last year, but two years ago, I think we, I think it was 70, 75, something like that, uh, uh, people that we tested, which was phenomenal. Uh, but then 
something happened uh, with the CST. And uh, if you want me to, I'll go right into the how we got into the apprenticeship program. Sure. Yeah. One of our members approached me, I'm going to say about a year and a half ago, and he said, what are we going to do about the the construction certificate? Uh, uh, And I said, what are you talking about? And David said to me, well, for the last couple of years, uh, I've been doing a lot of public works projects. And in order to do that, you have to uh, fill out and have a form with the Department of Labor, which is the public works certification form. And they would get that for one year or they would pay a little bit more and get it for three years. So I said, David, I don't know anything about that. I don't get involved in that aspect of of, uh, your business. And he explained it to me. And he said, well, for for a number of years, I would just fill the thing out, send my $500 in for three years. They'd send me the license back and I would be working with uh, other people, whether I'm doing layout or maps for projects and so forth. They're building a new school somewhere. I would do X, Y, and Z for it. But he said, they changed that. And I said, okay, what, what, what would you like me to do about it? And he said, well, you need to see what they've done. And they changed the form. And this, again, I said is about a year and a half ago. They changed it to require the surveyor, or they call it the uh, 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 construction, what they call it, the contractor has to participate in an apprentice program and it has to be an apprentice program that's sponsored or excuse me recognized by u.s department of labor and i thought about it for a while and i remember seeing the cst uh, brochure and it says that is a a a recognized uh, uh program with u.s department of labor so i said use that so he did it and it came back and said rejected it's not recognized so i then uh, talked to our government affairs people and they set a meeting up with us with our commissioner of labor in new jersey and they had done their homework and said well that program was established in 1988 and at the time it was an approved apprentice program that's the good news the bad news is it's changed because when they set that up, it didn't have the requirements that uh, are in effect now. The requirements today say that you have to, as an apprentice, you have to get 2,000 hours per year of on-the-job training. You also have to have a mentor uh, that will track with you your uh, uh the different areas that you're accumulating the on the job training. You also have to be, and here's the kicker, you also have to be uh, getting approximately 144 hours of formal education per year. Now that 144 hours is not college credits. Uh, uh, I believe a three credit course is approximately 45 credits. So we started thinking, and my, one of my people, the Department of Labor, uh, excuse me, at our uh, government affairs uh, 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 people, got in touch with the U.S. Department of Labor, and they said, well, if you're interested in establishing this program, we will work with you and try to make it happen. 
So uh, uh, Danielle spoke to me and said, would you like us to uh, do that? And she said, I said, sure, let's work on it. So a year and three months later, we now have the uh, program approved. And it is a humongous task. Uh, and anybody that's worked with uh, uh, the federal government knows that there's a lot of paper that gets pushed around and a lot of approvals. So we finally got the program approved uh, and it's been up and running now for, I'm gonna say three, three to four months. And the other day, we just had our first apprentice registered uh, uh, with the US Department of Labor. Uh, when you get approval for the program, you're on a one year probation because they wanna make sure that you are doing everything the way they want it to be done which means we had to establish an ERISA trust. That was 20 some thousand dollars from our friendly attorneys. We had to create a new uh, 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 foundation and uh, uh, organization for that. It can't be commingled with your uh, state society's uh, uh, corporation. A host of things like that. Now, what, what that has done for David, he was the one that brought it to my attention. The, the program can be used in one of two ways. You can either be a supporter of the program, which means you will make an annual contribution to our NERISA trust, which goes toward supporting the program. Or you can actually employ apprentices and then you will be tracking their on-the-job training. And one of the things I forgot to mention, we also partnered this program with Rowan University and NJIT because they are providing the formal uh, education for the program. The, there is an aspect of it that I don't like, and what it was is, is that they asked us to come up with the core courses that Rowan or NJIT would uh, teach. And the core courses, unfortunately, are only surveying courses. So if little Johnny wants to become an apprentice for the first two years, uh, he is only going to take surveying courses. Uh, but little Johnny often wants to go on and matriculate uh, uh, and get his degree and ultimately get a license. Uh, so what we are working with the school and is explaining to them that you need to get these courses, then if the student wants to go on and get his undergraduate degree, then he will backfill with the English and the other courses that he needs. What we're finding now is most of the uh, students that are coming into this want to ultimately become licensed. Uh, but in the interim, they're going to be very well-trained technicians. So in a nutshell, that's what we're doing. We're finding it, it's very rewarding. And the uh, good news about the CST program is we're not abandoning that because there are uh, any number of folks in Jersey that are at a level right now, there are two or three or whatever, and they want to keep going with that and they want to keep that. That's what they want. And the employers like it because oh, well, I'm going to hire him and I can see he's a level whatever and he pretty much knows what he's going to be doing. So that's good. 
So we have carved that out. We're going to continue CST for the ones that it works. Uh, we're going to try to flip a lot of them into the apprenticeship if it works that way. But we're still going to do uh, both programs. Uh, it's been, if anybody wants to try to do that, I would be more than glad to uh, show them what we've done, uh, share material with them. But be forewarned, it's a heavy lift. It's a, and if you don't have somebody that you can dedicate to it practically full time, because I've got two women that are on the phone with the employers, the mentors, uh, 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 every day practically getting all this work done. It's summertime, and try to get in touch with people. They're not there. They're out working. Whatever. Uh, they need to do this stuff uh, to get it done, because I don't want the Department, the U.S. Department of Labor, to tell us in a year. Well, sorry, but it's not going to work because you don't have enough and you're not, you haven't done what you have to do. We will do what we have to do. So that's pretty much what the program is. Yeah. When you were talking about the steps that you went through and the logic behind why you did it, the regulation, whatever the case may be. Um, one of the things that you guys have done really well, I think, as, as have other states too, is adapting as the requirements change. Even even for licensure, you know, you you when that came along, then you went right to work with the universities in the in the state to get things where they needed to be right away as soon as possible, and that's very laudatory. And like I said, you're not the only people in the country that are doing that, but certainly it's a good model to follow, in just from adaptability perspective. Uh, the folks at, at, at uh, this organization, when uh, wanted to have a four-year degree. I, I don't know if we were the second or third in the in the country to do that, but they felt very strongly about this is a profession and you need to have a, a, a four-year degree to practice. And they have supported that. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say 100%, but I'm going to say 95% because there's still some people, oh, I, I want my son to do that and he's never gone to school. And, and I say, well, it's unfortunate but that's what it is so it's been fun yeah it's it's certainly uh, an interesting phenomenon for for us all to deal with you know ones of us that are of a certain age came along before anybody even thought about whether or not surveying required a, a four-year degree and uh, of course a lot of states now have that requirement so uh, just across the board I think like I said before across the country our state societies have have done a good job attempting to adapt to that. Um, at, at the same time, though, uh, we haven't overcrowded the population, if you will, with programs around the country. Uh, there's still a you know a fairly limited number of of programs, particularly the four year degree programs out there um, that are are acceptable. But I think things are still con continuing to change, and attitudes change as time goes along as well. Um, well, I don't know if uh, we've got listeners that aren't familiar with the geography of New Jersey, but for numerous years, NJIT, which is in, in the northern part of the state, was the only state that you could get the degree in. And we had people in the very southern part of the state or central part of the state that uh, said it's tough to work all day uh, uh, at the job and then jump in the car in the evening and drive to Newark. Uh, to to pursue the degree. So it's been the program at Rowan is a new program. Uh, uh, Henry Rowan, a number of years ago, uh, uh, who they named the school after, 
it was glass for then it became Rowan after he made a hundred million dollar contribution. It's amazing what uh, what that can do. But they have a phenomenal uh, 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 program now, uh, an engineering program. They have an engineering building that uh, they're putting a second building up on campus. And we worked for a number of probably about a year convincing them that surveying will be a very popular uh, program for you. And it, it's proving to be that because we now have people that live uh, in South Jersey, Central Jersey. It's not a big deal to go to uh, Glassboro. That's pretty uh, central. They're getting a lot of engineers now that are uh, coming back and want the dual degree, uh, which is phenomenal. And they have a lot of people now that are coming in and they're just going to get the surveying program. They also are merging, or I should say merging slash purchasing a number of the community colleges around uh, uh, South Jersey. And the uh, survey program is being taught at Gloucester County a Community College slash Rowan. Rowan owns it. So the degree there is, is I'm going to say, I'm not going to say it's cheap, but it's much cheaper than if you're going to NJIT or Penn State across the river or, or a school like that. And then at the very end of your degree, you transfer into, you go over to the Rowan campus, finish your program, and you've gotten, uh, you've come out of that not, not owing that much money. So it's, it's, it's a good deal. Uh, and it, it, the programs and everything in this state are finally really coming together. And it's a good thing. Looking at that from the outside of New Jersey, looking at how the programs are working, it seems as though it's been a, a good uh, mix, if you will, because one of the things everybody's concerned about from time to time is, well, if we have competition in our educational programs, then they're both going to fail or one of them's going to fail. That doesn't seem to have had any impact for you guys. Not at all. Because of, because of the geography, the Raritan River goes uh, across the center of the state. And what I usually tell people is if you're north of the Raritan River uh, and you're thinking about education, go to uh, uh, NJIT south of the Raritan. It's it's NJ, uh, it's uh, Rowan. Plus, both of the schools, because of the last year, have put most of their program online. And I'm told that uh, Rowan is going to continue to uh, have a lot on online because they're obviously competing with a school like University of Maine, which we. You want to hear something very interesting about the University of Maine? The majority of the uh, students that are going there from any state, the largest uh, state for sending people there, well, commuting. No, you're not commuting. Going online to there is from New Jersey. Wow. So I think now that uh, Rowan has come on, uh, uh, come on, that, that will probably cut into the people that are uh, uh, going to Maine. So we're excited. Yeah. One of the things that excited me so much about this whole the distance learning aspect when it first came along and and you guys in Maine and other schools around the country have just enhanced that to make it a more available uh, is just that whole availability thing because you know how it is a lot of people when they get out of high school maybe they don't know where they want to go or maybe they don't have the means to just go do something or maybe you get into a profession and you want to continue it and and expand on your your knowledge and your ability to be licensed and all those kind of things, but you're prohibited. You know, you've got a, you started a family, you've got kids in school, whatever the case may be. And, and the way these things are set up, uh, the distance learning is, to me, is one of the best things that's ever happened for us as a profession to make sure that 
everybody who wants to be involved has that opportunity, and they're also going to get a really good education about regarding it. You know, one of the things that I failed to mention about the apprenticeship program, uh, in order to be an apprentice, uh, you need to be employed by uh, uh, a company, obviously. Most of the companies that I'm aware of in Jersey are if if you're taking college courses and if you pass a course with a C, B, and A, they're going to pay uh, a significant portion of, of uh, the tab. So here, little Johnny wants to become a surveyor, let's say, and we find a company for him to uh, uh, join. He starts taking uh, classes. The company is paying for the classes. He's earning money. And, and, and at the end of a certain amount of time, he's going to be a, a licensed surveyor. And what did the education cost him? Nothing. Minimal. Which is, uh, you know, try doing that and going to another profession and see how you can. It doesn't work. Yeah. So and great what, how, what's the level of diversity? It appears to me when I go to your conferences, there's quite a bit of diversity among your student population or even in the, pro, in the profession itself. Uh, it's absolutely uh, because if you look at New Jersey, it's 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 like a melting pot of of people coming from all over, and it's uh, we have a number of women right now that are in school. Uh, uh, we have women that have been officers here, so it's uh, it's it's pretty good. It's, there's no shortage of of people coming from different walks of life, and that's good for all of us, obviously. Uh, we we can be our our good old boys from the backwoods of Virginia like I am, but uh, diversity is a really important part of our our whole being as a society and and certainly for our profession, no doubt about that. Absolutely. So we've been going for a good while. We could talk all night long, I think, but I don't want to keep you away. We, from, we may, have one. Do you uh, want to pick up one of those guitars behind you there and play a little song for us or something or? No, but uh, how was how was the guitar that, uh, that the newest one that they gave you? Oh, it's doing well. It's way beyond my my uh, abilities. My grandson will be thrilled when I end up moving back to the mountains where I grew up because it'll be closer to him. Um, my son and grandson are both really good guitar players. I'm a mediocre guitar player. Not a, do you try to pick one up every few days? Oh yeah, play? yeah, I do. I still play. In the summertime, for some reason, you just get doing other things, and a week can go by like that, and you don't pick the guitar up, and all of a sudden you do, and the calluses on the ends of your fingers uh, aren't there. You play for 10 minutes, and you, your fingers start getting sore. You forget what uh, the shapes of different chords and everything. So hopefully it'll start getting cool at some point, and I'll start playing again. We shall see. Unfortunately for me, I was not blessed with my mother's capabilities. She she never read music at all, but she was one of the best guitar players and pianists I've ever known. Well, uh, they say Clapton uh, doesn't read music either. So yeah, so I, my I son guess, and son are the same way. They're they're exceptional guitar players. So there's hope for us. I'm I'm yeah. just the uh, the laughable one when we get together. <laughs> But I appreciate you being with me today and talking about uh, the society itself as well as the educational opportunities. And I wanted you to have an opportunity to talk about the the new program that's going on there with the, the certification so everybody understands what that is and may or may not be possible in other places, but it lives 
and functions well in conjunction with what we're doing. So there's, you know, it's not not something that says we're taking this and riding off into the sunset. It's a it's a collaboration, which is a good thing. Well, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. And I just will repeat something that if anybody in another state is interested in finding out what we did and how we did it, <clears throat> I would be more than glad to uh, uh, work with them and show them, show them what has to be done. So. Sounds great. Well, thanks again, Mark. Have a great weekend, and uh, I'll be seeing you somewhere soon. I'm sure you will. Thanks, Kurt. Take care. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says Podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.